Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting Black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. What's up, family? Your boy Dave with BWR here. We want to let y'all know about what we have going on April 21st. We're doing the Renaissance Mixer again. Yes, sir, we're bringing it back. Uh, last year, we tried to do this, the COVID shut us down, but we're bringing the party back. Having the Renaissance Mixer here in Dallas, we're partnering up with CK Creative Studio, a luxury black-owned co-working space out here in the design district to bring together entrepreneurs and professionals from all across the DFW, get us together in one room so we can start making these business connections and much more. We're gonna have live music, drinks, food and much much more uh it's gonna be a great time tickets are only five dollars for the time being five dollars so y'all make sure to hurry up sign up uh we'll see y'all there wednesday april 21st at 7 p.m ck creative studios the renaissance mixer it's up baby peace been thinking about starting a podcast but you don't know exactly where to get started maybe you don't know exactly what equipment you should buy or who you should go through with the hosting platforms well good news i created a course just for you it'll be showing you how to make the fewest mistakes possible on your podcasting journey it's called the podcasters playbook and it's a total master class taught by me showing you all the techniques and tricks that we use behind the scenes of the black wealth renaissance podcast swipe up now click the link in the show notes so you can purchase the podcasters playbook what's up y'all this is your boy david with black wealth renaissance and i'm here today to tell you guys about anchor if you haven't heard of anchor is the best place to make a podcast anchor is a free app that has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast straight from your phone 
Anchor also distributes your podcast across all major platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many others. You can also make money on your podcast with Anchor with no minimum listenership. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you're looking to get started on your own podcast, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. Do you know the rules of the game? Yeah. Do you know the rules of the game? I don't care what color. Can you make me a hundred million? Let's talk money. Can you make me that? If you can't make me that, I won't talk to you. You shouldn't even get this tape. Hey. I got money on my mind. I'm just trying to get some dough. I ain't picking up my line unless it's money on the phone. Gotta get it on the daily, all I want is dubs, you know what I'm on. I've been chasing after paper, all I know is broad money marathon. Do five years of this and be a millionaire and go on, do what I want to do, have kids, go live my chip and joy in the game life out here in Texas or struggle for next week. The choice is yours. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Black Wealth Renaissance Podcast. Our goal of this podcast is to normalize black wealth and share helpful resources and tips we believe will be useful in attaining and maintaining generational wealth. Please feel free to rate and comment on our podcast. We would love to hear all feedback you have. Now, enjoy the show. What up, y'all? It's your boy Jalen here, back at it with another great episode of the Black Wealth Renaissance Podcast. Yeah. Welcome, everybody. As y'all can tell, we got a special guest in the studio. But before I introduce my brother, man, I just want to ask my co-host, how y'all doing today on this lovely Saturday? Doing good, doing great, man. It's a lovely Saturday. Just glad to be y'all. Just grateful. I'm glad for this next podcast, man. This is about to be a great one. How you doing over there, Jared? Man, I'm doing good. Uh, uh, getting some work done on my on my trailer today and stuff. Got to go check in with my contractor later. Shoot, finally happy to have a nice little off day and everything, man. Hey, but I'm ready to get into this podcast, though. I'm ready to learn a lot. This guest, I know we got a lot of gems to drop on this, and in a field that we hadn't really talked a whole lot about, so. Yeah, I'm really interested to get in like that. that you just mentioned. Uh, yeah, I already so, said you got a contract. Yeah, it's, it's okay. really, really, really. <laughs> man. Okay. And before I introduce my brother right here, man, I just want to say, everyone, if you're listening, watching at home, please don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. Let us know what you're thinking about this show. If it's trash, let us know what we can improve on, what you didn't like about it. If you loved it, let us know why you love it. Let us know why you're rocking with us so we can keep on replicating these things for you. We're just trying to give you as much value as we can. Now that we took care of these house cleaning, let's get right on into the show, man. I am so happy to bring on my brother, my frat brother. My brother, he's from Mississippi, man. He moved to Dallas, is putting on. He's actually located in the same co-working space that we're in. Me and David, we uh, ran into him, just started chopping it up one day. And uh, this brother's out here doing some amazing things. He has a contracting uh, business. He uh, ran it up to seven figures. He's actually one of our previous guests, Kobe Booms. He's his client. And Shout I just want to say, yeah, and I just want to say, man, welcome to the show, my brother, Jimmy Bodies. Hey, appreciate you. Thank you guys for having me, man. It's been a long time coming, brother. Hey, man. Thank you. Thank you, bro. Definitely appreciate it, man. I, I seen Kobe made it on here. I said, oh, no, I got it. I definitely got to get back on that thing now. But uh, shout out to Kobe and Keith, man. But definitely... Uh, Good people, a very spiritual, good married couple, black goals all day long. So shout out to the booms. Hey, man, appreciate it. Shout out to you, man. Just want to say once again, 
Thank you for taking some time out your Saturday, bro. Come and kick it with us today in studio. So I want to say thank you for that, man. We'll just hop right on into the conversation. Let go. For anyone who's out there and not really familiar with Jimmy, man, can you just let them know who are you and how'd you get to this current state that you're at with your Alpha Construction? Oh, man. Uh, that's a whole book. We'll, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> uh, yeah. My name is Jimmy Bodies. Uh, originally born and raised in Clarksdale, Mississippi. Shout out to the Vegas Clarksdale. Hey, man, miss y'all. Definitely coming back that way pretty soon. You know, Left Clarksdale, man. I moved out to Hattiesburg. I went to the University of Southern Mississippi where I got my undergrad in uh, public relations. Pretty much left college, man. And I went straight to the military, actually. That's a part of my life I think people skip right past, man. Oh, really? I, uh, yeah, for real. I didn't uh, even know you went in the military. Yeah, yeah see, 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 see. Yeah, so I did my military thing, man. Uh, did a tour overseas. And um, it was a great learning experience. I think the military helped me grow up, especially coming from a city like Clarksdale, man. It was definitely eye-opening. It changed my life and helped me pay for my college education and things of that nature. So I did my time in the military right now uh, on an IRR status. So pretty much once I got down to the military, man, and um, I didn't have a clue really what I wanted to do. Like I knew I loved engineering and, and all this other good stuff. And uh, construction has been a part of my life the whole time. I had no intent on moving to Dallas whatsoever. That's another thing, too. I actually wanted to live in San Antonio. Really? Yeah, I did. It was the most veteran-friendly city in the world. Mm. But San Antonio didn't really have my career field of path, so I had two options. I either had Houston or I had Dallas, you know. And uh, at that time, I was working with a recruiter and uh, ended up doing a job here for a multifamily developer. So started there. What was that? Man, about five years ago. Did some time with that multifamily developer as a uh, project manager. I pretty much saw the writing on the wall, man. And this is how I really got started, y'all. So this is how I really got started. So at that time, I was still pretty young. I mean, I was in my late 20s, maybe about 26, 27 years old. Very educated. I love the field. I love construction. I've been doing it pretty much my whole life. And I found myself at a point where I would sit down with some of my bosses and stuff during my uh, yearly reviews. Mm -hmm. And I would ask, okay, I'm a project manager. What do I have to do to be a senior project manager? You know what one of them told me? He said, he said, young man, you don't have enough gray hair on your head. You don't have enough gray hair in your beard. So you got to wait your time. Damn. So in my mind, I'm thinking like, all right, so I can work for these people. I can work for these senior level execs that were grandfathered into it, not based off qualifications, but based off age. Hmm. That's okay. Cool, 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 cool. Another year went by. I sat down. I said, hey, well, look. All the projects I've been on have been very profitable, blah, blah, blah. What am I doing to not be considered for more of these senior roles? Once again, you need to wait your time. Well, how much time is that? They didn't have no solid qualification. Oh, no. They, didn't, they didn't have no rhyme or reason for no, no, what, no. Yeah, what you had to do. It's well, just waste your time. Waste your time. I mean, they would give me raises, but they refused to put me in that. That role that, that you role know you deserve. That I deserve. So needless to say, man, you know, although the money was great, I was miserable. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Hmm. I was waking up every single day 
sitting in my, you know how it is when you got sitting in your truck for about 10, 20 minutes before you go in? Just pray and let, <laughs> let, the, let the spirit. <laughs> no, for real. Like, no. Like, 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 I'm legit. And I just got to try to make it through another one. Another day, man. man. What? Yo, straight up. When I realized, man, that I'm sitting in my truck and like just, oh, man, I got to go back in here. All right. So then it gets to a point, man, where I left that company and I was excited. I got introduced to a black-owned construction company. Mm. My very first experience with one. Believe it or not, it actually wasn't a really good one. So I ended up working for that company. Obviously, I know I can't put anybody's business out there, but I yeah. ended up working for that company and they ended up putting me on the street six months in the job. Damn. What was the reasoning for that? Well, I was brought to that company to help develop their general construction phase portion of it. Because originally they only had one scope. When you talk about scope, it's like, what are you specializing in? So they only specialized in one particular area, but they wanted to grow as a bigger general contractor and take on multiple scopes, multiple jobs. Mm-hmm. I had that background coming from the multifamily industry. So it was mostly just a, um, I wouldn't say a friction point, but a, uh, as an owner now, I get it. Like the owner of the company didn't like how my approach was to getting us to that point. My thought process was give me your vision. Let me go. His thought process was, no, I want to hold on to you while you doing this vision. Like I need to hmm. be a Michael, part of everything. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he wanted to micromanage that process. And for me, I don't work well with micromanagement. I don't even micromanage my own employees right now. You know what I mean? If I got to micromanage you, I don't need you. Like, that's how I empower them. So anyway, yeah, matter of fact, it was November the 11th. Uh, what was it, 2018? 19? Yeah, it was no, I remember it was on Veterans Day. I'm a vet. I walk in and get laid off. Damn. That's messed up. That is On Veterans up. Day. I'll never forget it. Damn. Ain't so, no happy Veterans Day. No, nah, it wasn't no happy Veterans Day. Yeah, 2019. So, all right, fast forward that. At that point, I said that uh, I'll never be in this position again. So that's where Alpha Choice Construction came in handy. So I want to say, uh, see, I got laid off on November the 11th. I want to say it was around November the 18th I had an LLC. He said, fuck that, I'm going <laughs> to get it. At that point, I ain't had nothing else to lose. I had one more paycheck coming, which was my last paycheck from there. I would probably say I was irresponsible financially, so I didn't have money or anything saved up. All I knew was I had one more check coming, and that was going to be my chance to jump. Mm. I want to ask a question. So, like, at that point in the story, because I know a lot of people are going to be like, you know, if I'm getting my last check, I need to make sure, you know, I'm be able to budget and pay rent. But this, that, and the third, what made you go? I'm going to give me an LLC and I'm going to take a bet. You know, I'm going to try to figure this out on me. I'm going to try to make me more money. What made you go that direction? Well, at that point, I knew I was in trouble anyway. Right. So mm-hmm. it was the holiday season when nobody going to be hiring between the months of November. Probably the fr- to, to the first to the first. So I knew I had skills, but I also knew that I needed to be legit of trying to make some money before, you know, at that point, I'm new to the game with Facebook ads and all this other good stuff. So, you know, as a vet, I took advantage of one of my things, which I didn't have to pay the $300. So that's a... Oh, for the LLC? The LLC, yeah. yeah. Uh, they don't have to okay. pay. Okay. So I didn't have to pay for my LLC. Uh-huh. So that last check, I used it. I spent a couple hundred dollars on a logo. Got me a little Wix website, uh, website for $39.99. <laughs> no, y'all laughing, but this is real, though. Nah, but yeah. that's, that's what it took, my brother. And that was a part of your vision and your story. Yeah. And you... Like Jerry said, there's most people that have been like, man, I'm about to be depressed. It's 
Christmas time. I can't. Did you even get a chance to go home and see your family? Like, no, I was broke by then. Damn, man. Yeah, I was broke. I think. Yeah, I was broke by then. By December the six, it was the six or the eight. Yeah, by the six or the eight, I got an eviction letter. I think I went to court around December. It was right before Christmas because I was remember I was I had moved in RV by then. Yeah, I got an eviction letter around like the twelfth or thirteenth of December. They wouldn't even give me a chance. Like I knew if I just get one job, I'll be good. Nah, yeah, they went head on and booted your boy. Damn man, <laughs> damn man. That, and that story is interesting to hear because a lot of people they're not as transparent with their failures and their shortcomings. But it's also interesting to see fast forward how those things were able to make make you and build you up, and you were able to use those shortcomings and those downfalls to really fuel yourself to pick yourself up and say, you know what, I'm about to figure this stuff out, man. And yeah. you bet it on yourself. Yeah, I did, man. And to be real, to keep it totally transparent, man, I was scared. My back was against the wall, man. Like I, all I can do is I felt like I was all I had. You know what I mean? It was like, you know, once you can't do for people, like you'll start to see reality. Basically, when people's, you know, need for you changes, you'll know. When you're not valuable to them. Yeah, when you're not valuable. So at that point in my life, I really wasn't valuable to a lot of people. But that was okay though. Like, it was almost like I saw it coming. So I literally spent a lot of time in prayer. And during that process, I just bet it on myself. I was like, look, I don't know how this is going to turn out. This is all I got. I know the best way to never be in this position again is work for myself. Mm. I can control my income. I can control my destiny. If it's a failure at that point, it's a leadership failure on me. So, you know. And with you being scared, because we talk about business a lot, everyone knows the business statistic is, Nine out of 10 businesses fail. How was your thinking that way? How, how did you say, okay, I'm going to make sure I'm going to be one of these nine out of 10s that succeed? So one of my first approach was I knew going in what the risks were. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's just go ahead on and address the elephant in the room. I'm a under 40 black contractor, construction contractor. So when people see that, they think one of two things. For one, inexperienced. For two, cheap. For three, low quality. Mm. So I knew those three things were already against me. So what I did was I started with setting the tone for this company as it's grown is we have to be above average. Mm. And so knowing that I had to be above average, it was even more stressful, but it became a lifestyle with what I do with my company. Like, you know, you got to be above average. I mean, you already got those working against you. It's like the unspoken thing. You know, when I show up, I'm not a gray haired 60 year old man, you know, with some Wrangler jeans on. I show up and I look at myself as more of the new modern type contractors. You know, we show up with a little bit of swagger, but yet we still get, you know, better results done. So does that answer the question? Yeah, no. Yeah. That, and that's interesting because just in the contractor space, contractors already get a bad rep as it is. Yeah, it's hard. Like a lot of people are scared to take a chance, especially like you said, on a new, a new company, a new contractor that looks inexperienced. So how did you combat those difficulties? I know you said you had to be above average, 
but what type of steps did you take to be above average? What I did was uh, communication was key. So like with one of my first clients is um, communicate from start to finish. Mm-hmm. Be fair, have processes down. Like, you know, I'll walk clients through, hey, step one, uh, sit down with them, get their vision, right? So once I get their vision, you know, talk about budget. From there, put it in writing. I guess to make a long story short, to be successful in any business besides contracting, you have to operate and be the company early that you want to be in 10 years. Don't wait till you get to 10 years to start acting like a corporation. Act like that from jump. Damn, son. Damn. From jump. So for me, I was a million dollar company before my first project started. That's powerful. Before the first project started, in my mind, we're the best company in DFW. So like I had that swagger about myself. And what happens is it makes your your future clients feel comfortable with you. You know what I mean? So definitely customer service, definitely just how you communicate with them. You know what I mean? But it's really your success in your first six months is all mental. It's not financial. Matter of fact, you don't even really see financial gains until it depends on your industry. I know I didn't probably start being able to pay myself for like at least four to six months hmm. before I even really started paying myself. And it's really based off what your business principles is. Like I could have paid myself crazy money by my fourth project, but that was pointless. Why? I needed help. I would rather take that money and hire some of the best employees to help me out. I didn't care about paying myself at that point. I cared about, okay, how do I get to where I want to see myself in 10 years. I needed people that were smarter than me in a lot of different categories because I don't know it all. Mm. That's, I kind of want to get into your first deal. Like, how did that go from you betting on yourself, making your LLC, you know, getting everything together to get in that first contract? That's pretty interesting. So uh, at this point, man, I was making like these little cheesy capability, like flyers and stuff. I couldn't afford to pay anybody to do it. Mm-hmm. And I actually posted a flyer on Instagram like last, actually it was around last February. It was probably about this time last year. So I posted that flyer and actually one of my frat brothers who's a real estate agent slash uh, investor saw it and was like, hey man, like he didn't ask me how long I've been in business or anything. It was just based off, hey, I know this guy, good character, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I said, hey man, go look at this property, give me a quote on it. And in my mind, I'm like, all right, cool. So drove all the way out to Corsicana, Texas, (laughs) literally an hour and a half drive. In my mind, I'm like, man, I'm not doing this, man, blah, blah, blah. But it's almost like, you know, I prayed about it, you know, sent it in the bed. And he said, okay, cool. I want you to knock it out. Now, at this point, he probably don't even know I'm broke or anything Mm -hmm. like that. Like, to be honest, I ain't even know how I was going to do it. And like, this is February, right? Yeah. So you've been jobless from November 18th up until February 2020. Man, what broke as hell. I just spent all my money on, well, I don't have one on now. I spent all my money on little gray shirts. Mm-hmm. I spent my money. I went 100% in, 100% in. And I moved back into an RV that I had that actually belonged to my ex's mom. She let me use it. So I moved into that and literally lived in that RV from really December. Actually, I just moved out of it like... November, only to save money because at that point I've learned that hey, don't rush into it, mm. give or take. But you know, that was like my time of God hide me from the world as I look at it. Just mm. because I hadn't been out on the scene, this is probably like my first appearance <laughs> in 
in forever because you know I'm pretty. I, I, I man, look, I be on the grind. Yeah, you know, man, that man be again. working. I mean, when you've been through what I've been through, bro, you never want to go back again. So your work ethic just proves it. But this year, I think I'm gonna do a little bit better with work-life balance. Hmm. Yeah, but don't never be afraid to bet on yourself. Damn, and I kind of want to get back into that deal. Whenever yeah. you went to Texas, uh, I, I forgot the name. Corsicana. Corsicana. Yeah. So what type of project was it? I know you said you're specialized into multifamilies. Was it a multifamily project or what type of project was it? No, man, it was a, uh, it's what we call flips. Okay. Uh, so with that project, a house that had been sitting up from a uh, deceased individual, it was trash. It was terrible. <laughs> and basically, man, I linked in with a couple of guys that was in the area that was looking for work. And we just went in, we uh, pretty much gutted it out, got rid of all of the old appliances, old flooring, we kind of redid the footprint a little bit, kind of made it a little bit more modern. So uh, did some landscaping to it, some cosmetic uplifts, and made it a little bit more modern to 2020 versus I think the house was done in like the 1980s. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Time so, for update. Yeah, so it was definitely a time flip. Mm. You mentioned one more very, very interesting part that I want to ask you about. Yeah. You said, you know, you wanted to make sure you're hiring people that are smarter than you. Yeah. And you always hear that whenever people say this is what you need to be successful. Yeah. But what does that look like? Because I feel like a lot of times, even with me, I know sometimes you'd be like, oh, man, this person's smarter than me. They'll never come work for me. So what does that look like getting that person to come to your team and actually buying into your vision? For me, I'm a very open and transparent person. I knew where I was weak at, and I was weak on more of the uh, administrative and financial aspects. So you probably see her around here sometimes. So I hired a young lady by the name of Sharada. Uh, she's been amazing. She's actually from Nepal. And the interesting about her, man, is her drive and her hunger matches mine. Mm. So we had the similar personality. And when I sat down and interviewed her, like I explained her my vision of what I saw. And then I turned around and asked her, what would be your vision and what is your plan? And she was very transparent about where she was at in life. You know, she hadn't been too long ago, graduated college, being brand new to DFW, especially being a minority female. I sympathize with what she was going through as far as trying to get into the construction market. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the things she told me is that if you hire me, you won't regret it. I hired her within 30 days. She had probably brought my company revenue of probably about 200K. Damn. What she was doing like that? I mean, she had the same grind I had. Like, I'm at home. I wake up the next day. I got emails in my inbox at 9, 10 o'clock. Now, I'm not telling her to work these hours, but we were two of a kind. Like, she went through what I went through. Like, nobody would give her a shot. Like, her back was against the world. She's a minority female that wants to work in the industry of construction. So, granted, when you find people like that uh, with a chip on their shoulder, just like I had a chip on my shoulder, it builds positive teams. And one of the things I also learned to do is diversify different areas too. Mm. Like I don't want another necessarily me. Like she almost became my boss because <laughs> every boss needs a boss. I promise you that, man. Like, you know, Hey, you know, make sure you get to this appointment, make sure you get to that. And I needed that because like I said, you want somebody that's for you and mm -hmm. has your best interest. And uh, as I continue to interview people, that's kind of what I look for. Like I look for their drive. I look for their hunger because again, I don't have a micromanagement leadership style. Like that's just not how I roll. Like I'm going to empower you. I'm going to equip you, but I'm going to give you the room to grow in the mm -hmm. business because 
it was beneficial to me and I know it'd be beneficial to them. I like that. Yeah. So from my experience and just from hiring people and interviewing people, one of the things that I know I look for is looking for people that'll buy into the business and treat it as their own. Is that something you would look for when you're hiring somebody? Yeah, absolutely. From the field guys to the office staff guys, you know, we meet and the best way, and I'm gonna give y'all a gym, you know, we on this thing, man, we here to help people, right? And so the best way that I explain to all of my employees when we have our sit down lunches is this. Hey guys, when, you know, think about this, if you half ass a project and we're not getting paid, just know that if I'm not getting paid, the company's not getting paid, we're not getting paid. And if we ain't getting paid, we ain't got jobs. Mm. Mm. That was the best way to like drive home the point of when you guys go to these people's homes and these clients' homes, be clean, be polite, because they can't wait to tell me how good or bad their services was. And they're already nervous. You know, they got a young black contractor, so they're already nervous. You know, you got to think about it, man. Think about how with this, you know, and this is not a racist comment at all. This older, late generation, 67 year old Caucasian couple just put a $20,000 check in a 32 year old young black contractor's hand. How do you think they feel? They'd probably be pretty nervous. Yeah, of course they're nervous. Hell yeah. They're nervous as hell. <laughs> right. they, they Hella hesitant. Huh? Hella hesitant. They're hella hesitant, right? Yeah. So, and it's just like, you know, that was the point of like letting my team know that, hey guys, it's just the nature of the beast working for me. Most of our clients that don't look like us, they're nervous. And rightfully so, because, you know, we have not done a good job overall as young black entrepreneurs of setting that expectation that our quality is excellence. Mm. And I do believe that we have those young black entrepreneurs out there. But at the end of the day, it only takes one of us. To mess it up. It don't, take, it don't matter what industry you're in. It only takes one of us to mess it up. That's a fact. And uh, it's terrible that it's like that and that you don't, you know, you don't get these second chances whenever you do mess up. Oh, no. Yeah. Once you mess up, you know, it's it. Like, that's, I hate that it's like that for our community. You know, we either get that. I knew I should have never did this. I should have just stuck with my instincts or something like that. Yeah. But. I'm glad that you said, you know, you really highlighted to your team. This is the level of expectation that we need. This is the level of quality that we need and that we have to do this. Or nobody getting paid. Like, I don't care what it is. Like, we're not going to get paid. Yeah. And I remember whenever we first met you, you was telling us about your field guides. You was telling us how you was training them. And you said, you know, I'm actually chilling here right now. I might just go pull up on them to see, like, are they actually setting up and doing the things yeah. that I kind of like yeah. told them how to do it. Yeah. And I'm glad that you just said that, you know, it, you did, you were able to drive it home and you were able to get them to buy into this company mm-hmm. and into your lifestyle, the culture that you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I personally take the time out and I work with every position from admin to just a carpenter. I'm not just one of those owners that, you know, sits back, collect the checks and, uh, go eat five-star dinners. I legit still put on my hard hat and tool belt, you know, every single day if I need to be. Now, granted, my role has changed over the last two, three months. I'm more business development now that, you know, the guys are kind of like on autopilot. I don't have to be there with them as much. Like they're starting to feel very confident on day-to-day operations. But now I'm very hands-on as an entrepreneur. And um, the guys, everybody really appreciate it when I am hands-on. 
you know, just think about this. How many, just the guys on this call, how many supervisors, owners, and people that you know in a high-level role, CEO, how many of them you know actively are engaged with their employees? Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. Not very many. Like that's not, not a usual thing, yeah. It's not a usual thing. So for me, my time is extremely valuable. So I make it a point, and I don't know how long I can do this. Hopefully I can do this forever as the company grows. I make it a point to try to spend at least a day or so at each project, Mm. at least, and balance that time out with my team here at the office. Even if I can't be here physically, it's nothing to get on. Use technology, get on FaceTime, say, hey, man, how y'all doing up there? Blah, blah, blah. Send them some lunch. Like, let your employees know that you genuinely do care about them. Like, don't just abuse them up and give them a paycheck and tell them, go away. Spend time with them. I mean, know that, hey, you know, this person had a really bad day, but he also has a sick baby at home. And, you know, his wife is upside his head and stuff because, you know, she's at home with the baby all day. You know, think about how many hours that you have them working. And, and you know, sometimes you got to come in and say, hey, look, guys, things are getting kind of sloppy. Take tomorrow. Go take your kids to school. I've learned, like, little stuff like that. Show up on a Wednesday. Things are good. Hey, tell you what, everybody come in at 10 tomorrow, man. Wake up, have breakfast with your family, and take your kids to school. Mm. Oh, man, they come back hard for you on that Friday or that Monday. <laughs> I'm telling you, they, be, they come back like Rambo. <laughs> <laughs> Little wood and nail guns going clank, 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 clank all over. Like, like they, they lit. Because they got that emotional recharge of just waking up, spending time with their wives, you know, just over breakfast, or had a chance to take their kid and drop them off at school. So as I grew as an entrepreneur, I realized that it don't take much to really keep people happy. Small things like that. Give them a morning or two, you know, here and there to wake up, be able to see their kids wake up and take them to school. Like that goes a long way because I've worked in the industry with multifamily where you work 60, 70 hours a week. You probably ain't seen your you know, for me, it was a little bit different. You know, I'm a single male, so I understand where they're coming from, though. They wake up, their kids are in bed. They go to bed, their kids are in bed. And, you know, mom ain't happy. You know, the whole house ain't finna be nah, happy. No. Nah. <laughs> oh, you can tell when things are ain't all right at home. They be moping around the, the project site and stuff. Hell yeah. <laughs> and, and I think that's very important. I'm glad that you just highlighted that yeah. because I know a lot of times as entrepreneurs, sometimes we can be so focused on, the business and generating this revenue, we forget to stop and think, hey, I'm really dealing with real people. Mm -hmm. These people still have lives and what everybody, it doesn't matter what your customer, your employee, 
at the end of the day, everybody on this earth, what we want to do, be happy. Mm -hmm. So whenever you can make people happy, like you said, they'll come back even harder for you. And that's for your customers and your employees. If you can make your employee happy, because nine times out of 10, there's two types of people. There's employees and there's bosses. The reason why employees either leave a job is one, they're not being paid enough. They don't feel like they're actually valued. They feel like they're undervalued or they're just not happy with what they're doing because once again, it goes back to not being valued. Oh, I'm doing all of this work, but nobody is seeing me. Even like you just saying, hey, y'all did a great job. Take that little one hour off. Mm -hmm. That makes somebody say, man, he actually saw me. He saw this work and this quality that I put into, Mm -hmm. and he actually, he valued that. And that notice, and now that's low-key just a sense of reward right there. Just that one hour. And it doesn't matter what it is. Whenever just rewarding someone with something so small as that, as just a notice, as a I see you, that'll go way much further than, like, I know people want to raise, but that does something to the morale and to your spirit more than just a monetary, hey, oh yeah, y'all doing good. Y'all working 70 hours. Let me give you a little raise, but y'all still got to work seven. You might have to work 80 next week. You might week. have to work 80 now. I'm paying yeah. you about five, $10 more. Yeah. I expect a little bit more out of you. You know, right. to me, like I said, if I can give any gym to uh, any entrepreneurs out there with employees, they're human, human. Y'all know I'm from Mississippi. I got this <laughs> You're good, man. Uh, <laughs> You have to value them. And just like how you feel if somebody's being dismissive of you, just because you're the CEO, you're the, the owner of the trust me, people feel that energy. Like they literally feel like if you don't give a damn about them mm. and all you care about is, hey, did you do get this job done today? And eventually you're probably going to lose them. They're probably going to stick with you just long enough to get to a point where they can transition away from you. Eventually they will. Get them skills from you, put it on their resume and they are. And honestly... In my industry in construction, you're going to know well in advance when somebody's not happy. It's going to show in their work. Mm. Like when you start seeing like bare minimum, like work and skills been put into it. Like, you know, I mean, having the construction out so you can walk in and like, all right, well, Johnny's way better than that. He knows that framing looks very like it's not wrong, but it's also not very good. And, you know, their capability is way stronger than that. So you'll start seeing the warning signs when somebody just want to legit do a nine to five and go home. Mm. Mm. I did want to comment on something, just kind of rewind that real quick. I did. I did just appreciate, and you touched on it, the humanity of the way that you said you deal with your employees. Cause it's like the first reaction, even when like Johnny could do better on a framing, isn't all right, cool. I need to get on his ass. You know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, cool. He might have some things going on at home. There might be other factors that are, like making him, you know, more tired, anything like that. Like, I really appreciated the fact that you came in. And you were like, okay, cool. If y'all are doing good, I'm going to reward you. If y'all are doing bad and there's good reason to it, like if, you know, y'all are tired, we've been working a lot. Hey, y'all take this time off. You know what I'm saying? Everybody gets shook back. Let's get recharged. And then we can go back at it again. Like, I think that's one thing that a lot of people miss as far as like with being a small business versus being like a huge corporation. That's the extra touch that a lot of people don't get to have. And a lot of people don't get to have with their boss that can come in and help them and be like, hey, I actually know what's going on with you as a human. So like use that to your advantage, work well with your employees, like make sure you're seeing exactly what's going on with them. Like you said, they're human. Yeah, you know, I appreciate that. Like I said, for me, as a small company, 
in a sense, you have to know everything almost. Uh, when I say everything, not like every trade, every piece of in and out and works. You just got to be very flexible, just even with your employees. So if I go out to a site, I feel like the morale is maybe a little bit low. So before I go off or before I feel like, hey, all right, y'all just out here bullshitting, I typically will kind of walk around and figure out, well, what's what? And if you are approachable, they're going to tell you. Mm. No, they're going to tell you. Like, yeah, they're, gonna they're just going to be like, hey, man, like this is what it is. But once again, that's whenever you're taking that time out to build that relationship, too. Yeah. Like sometimes you really just have to ask, hey, how's your day going? Sometimes people be like, oh, it's good. But you have to really know, really, how's your day going? How's life? How's your family? How's your kids? Whenever you start asking questions like that, they'll really start to open up to you because they're like, oh, he really does care. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 being approachable. Being appro- yeah. You got to be a lot of people get in business, man, and they get this mentality that I'm the boss and they want to use the I don't know the proper word for it, but I wouldn't call it a fearful tactic. But it's a very old school, unapproachable tact that's very known in construction. What I say goes basically yeah. type of. And, in construction, it's a very aggressive industry. So, like, again, I'm more of the new wave of contractors only because, like, in my company policy, like, we don't disrespect each other. So, like, for me, being out on the project site, like, you guys out there, you know, I wouldn't expect you to be cussing at other people. So you're not going to be cussing each other out either. Like, that's against company policy. Mm. So you will be respectful. If you're going to agree to disagree, I'm okay with disagreements. But, like, we're not finna sit here and do this old school construction where... I work for companies where literally like it'd be a whole fallout in the middle of a project and it's normal. Oh yeah. That's, that's just uh Rick and John doing their normal Wednesday routine. What happens is it's toxic. It's draining. Like I don't want to have a company atmosphere where people that they're like how I was like, you got to sit in your car for 10, 15 minutes mm-hmm. before you walk in to like, go deal with the people, to go yeah. deal with the people. So I work really hard at trying to keep the morale high. Another thing is, you know, it's nothing wrong as an entrepreneur and boss with including your employees in planning. Mm. I've started doing that lately and that gives them so much buy-in because guess what? This project that they're about to do, they They might have some ideas in it too. They had input in it. Even if I don't agree with their idea, just letting them sit down with you and be a part of that planning. Oh, man, they're going to bug the crap out of you about when we're going to start. Because guess what? Now they have ownership in some of this project Mm. because guess what? They was part of the planning. So it's just it's a lot of different things that you can do from an entrepreneur aspect to get buy in from your employees, including them in what you do. It doesn't take power away from you to all my business owners. You don't lose your power by including and giving your employees buy in to what you're planning to do with any project. It doesn't matter what industry you're in. We don't know it all. And I say we because as entrepreneurs, we all in this together. We do not know it all. We have division, but we don't know it all. Mm. And that's really, really powerful. Just like you say, letting them plan and really just giving them that. And once again, it just all builds into that culture of the company because now they know, okay, if I do good, he sees me, but he also hears me with some of my ideas. But that also gives you the ability to innovate from within, because sometimes there's people that have really great ideas and you never would have thought about that. 
So now, often, <laughs> yeah. So now, so now you're like, oh man, I I didn't think about that, and now you have a whole new company initiative where this person done that, and like you said, now they're bought into not just the project but the whole company yeah. because now, hey, I was one of the people who was able to start that. Now look at how many people we were able to help. Yeah, man. Like even now, the cool thing about construction is I drive around the city all the time and pass by like an old project that I did. And this low key feels like a little light flex in a sense. Cause you like, yo, I built that. <laughs> like, you in the neighborhood and like, you were like, yo, I renovated like half of this block. Then you look around like, damn man. No, seriously though, it's nothing more proud than like leaving a project and seeing that joint like a couple months later and that thing still shining, that thing still looking good. You be like, dang, we did that. <laughs> and the guys do it too. Like they be like, yeah, man, I passed by the house we did in Fort Worth. Man, it still look good. I took some pictures of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, it's a very proud and rewarding industry. It's hard. It's hard. I'm not going to lie. Like It's hard from jump, but it's what I always wanted to do, man. I wake up and have a devotion and just praise every morning, man, that I legit get to live out my dream, man. And I'm just getting started. Mm, I like that, man. Yeah. That's beautiful. What you got, Jerry? I do want to ask a question, just kind of pivoting back to the That's story. All on, man. What's up? Yeah, just kind of pivoting to the, back to the story a little bit. So like, all right, cool. We got the first contract. We started building up our clientele and stuff from there. So like, what is the next progression for you? Are we like, are we now personally flipping homes? Are you now, you know, like getting up your doors with some rentals? Like what's the next move there for you? Okay, cool. So the next move, uh, hopefully it'll get finalized by the next week or so. So I'm actually starting a sub-dairy company under this company. So we technically started this to specialize in tiny homes and container homes. Mm. So mm. I've already marketed Alpha Choice Construction as a home renovation slash new construction company. So the only way that I can really break into that market, we got two tiny homes in progress right now. One is in Fort Worth, the other one's out there in Louisville. So I'm going to basically market a different LLC and all that LLC would do is specializes in uh container homes and tiny homes. It'll be called Tiny Living DFW. So coming your way pretty soon. Hey, man, that's hard. Hey, that's hard. <laughs> that's now, hard. Now, what, now, what made you go tiny homes versus just your traditional, like, residential or even multifamily that you were familiar with? Well, in case y'all didn't notice, man, I bet on myself with everything I do. Like, you might as well just call me against the grain, bro, because I go against the grain <laughs> on, on everything, bro. Like, I don't, I take risks, bro. I take chances, man. And uh, tiny homes, you're hearing it from me right now. That's the next wave. And I believe, I believe it. I believe it. In tiny homes, that's the next wave. It's coming. It's going to be huge. It's going to be huge before long because, you know, you start thinking about affordable living, you know, for young entrepreneurs that's fresh out of college. Affordable living for a house ain't it. No. Nah. Apartments are barely it now. I mean, yeah, that's, that's you, still Dallas again to a point where nine, eleven hundred, twelve hundred dollars. For a one-bedroom. For a one-bedroom. And Lord behold, if they got to live like somewhere closer to Dallas, Maine, now they up at 14, 1500. Yep. You know what I mean? Where I can build you, you know, a tiny home or container home for probably that price of a whole year's worth. You know, I can build that for you for 20 or 30, but guess what? You own it. Mm. And you own it. Airbnb, do whatever you want to do with it. And I believe Are you telling me you can build an entire container home for 20 to 30 dollars? Let's and back shit. that up. Let's back that up. Now you gotta get your land and stuff like well, that. No, no, no. I just meant the home itself. The actual home like, itself. Yeah. The actual home itself depends on how luxury or how modern that you want it. 
I would bank on spending about 30 to 40. And that's still not bad though. Not like bad. a new home. And one of the points I wanted to make was whenever tiny no, homes it's not bad at all. Tiny homes hit my radar. It was some I forgot who I was talking to, but he was like, Hey bro, go to Alibaba and look at these tiny homes. I was like, man, they shipping like the food just pop up and go. So I'm like, oh, bro, this shit about to be crazy. Yeah. And then I started seeing small, tiny home subdivisions. Like there's like instead of an RV park, it's a tiny home park. Yeah. And it was just so crazy how they was putting these together. I said, man, this shit really is going to take off. And yeah, it is. It is. It is. Like I said, as soon as I get this LLC back, make it more legit. We got a couple more planned in February and March. And so uh, I can't give away all the gyms on that because some of it is still in progress, but we're definitely looking at developing. There's a couple communities already, but I'm looking at developing one of our first tiny homes community, preferably in one of our neighborhoods where it can be introduced to them for affordable living because a lot of them don't have affordable living in our neighborhoods where our people. Hey, man, that's hard. That's, that's kinda, yeah. What you got, Kelly? No, no I was just good. saying that, that's really, really, really dope. And I kind of want to ask, like, how do you know the renovations for that? Like, how does someone prospect the renovations for a tiny home or a container home? What is you the, mean more like price-wise or how do I know yeah. the in and out? Like, what, how, how does uh, an investor know the price-wise for what should they budget out? I know you said 40 but other than that, is there any other cost that may come into play? Or? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It really just depends on how many players are in the game. A lot of the cost in uh, renovations, new builds, is all based off the investment itself. So, for instance, if I become the uh, – if I'm the land developer and the uh, contractor, then guess what? You cut costs by going with me directly versus going through an investor who – now you got to pay that investor who has to pay me. So that investor has to figure out how he's going to pay me and make his money and do what he got to do. The construction game is all about numbers, Right. So you got to know where should I start? Should I start with just a contract or should I start with this investment group or this development group who can probably still find me? Like a lot of them know me here in DFW by now, but it's really just a matter of how many players are in the game versus that price that went from 40,000 now is at, you know, 55,000 because you probably got about 15 grand of, of interest and palms degrees. Mm. I don't get involved in that. You know, me, I stay in my lane at that point. I'm like, hey, look, y'all hired me to build this thing. So. Uh, as far as most of the price goes, man, when you get to doing this for so long, you pretty much know what it's going to cost you to build about six or seven um, based off me just buying lumber so much and underground plumbing. I have a great relationship with all of my utility contractors and stuff like that. We sit down and talk about this stuff all the time. So it's not, please believe I ain't just throwing numbers out of my ass, whatever, just because like this is something that we've been talking about for, for at least the last six months or so. Hey, what is it going to take me to build one? Jimmy, how long is it going to take you to, you know, well, Talk to the realtor. How long is it going to take you to sell it? What do we need? Do we need to get three of them up to sell it as, you know, a community? So mm -hmm. whoever wants to buy them can see that these are like-minded people that are living next to you. It's easier to sell them in a community versus one by one. Mm. And that's interesting. And I know this is a relatively new concept. Yeah, it is. So I kind of want to ask, is there a certain way to fact out the lifetime value of container homes? Because I know with mobile homes, uh -huh. mobile homes are looked at as a depreciating asset because it's a vehicle. It's technically like a vehicle on wheels. Yeah, technically. That's why it's mobile. <laughs> yeah. But with these tiny homes, is it the same thing? Does it depreciate, appreciate? Will like the price stay the same? Uh, 
I would say that's the whole purpose of actually doing the community of them. I mm-hmm. think if it's standalone, it's going to be pretty tough. Okay. Or whatever the case may be, just from my experience. But if it's in a community, it's almost like a residential neighborhood. Like those things get, they get pretty luxury too. I so, saw, man. You know, like, they, they ain't just like no little, what do they call it? Little, little barn house, little, yeah. little red riding hood house or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, they ain't like that. These things are really, really dope. Like they're pretty high end. So I don't see it depreciating at mm-hmm. all. I think it'll still hold its value pretty good, especially just depends on how modern you make it. Mm-hmm. Now, with it being in Texas, you know, with natural disasters such as tornadoes, does that cause a concern with building those? No. So I still have to follow building codes. I mean, the one that we have now, I still have to follow the standard. I'm still responsible for anything under 80 miles an hour wind. Anything over 80 miles an hour is, is basically an act of active God, active God, active nature. But you still have to build them to withstand the acts of the weather. So you can't just use some cheap material and put it up there and say, hey, here you go. Now, you still have to have a plan. I still have a framing plan, a wind bracing plan. All this stuff is if you was building a normal house. So, yeah, there's no cutting corners with it as well. Like, if you put it on a slab foundation, mine still get expected by the city of Fort Worth. They still come out there and expect the frame, and they're going to expect the electrical. So it's the same concept as building a traditional home. Okay. I do want to talk about, okay, as a an investor, if I want to get into just, say, single homes or multifamily homes, and I'm new and I'm looking to rehab something, how do okay. I – what is the education I need to take to try to figure out the cost for rehab? Man, so I've worked with brand new investors, actually two in the last uh, three months, and they've been fairly easy to work with, accepting education and knowledge. I would say first thing first, understand that relationships, before you even get to the money part, the relationship is what's going to make or break you. And that's just not relationship with me, your contractor. That's relationship with your lender. If you're doing a hard lend, a hard loan, that's relationship with your financial institution or whatever the case may be. And try to do some pre-education as much as possible. If it's a flip or construction, before you even put money anywhere or even ask for a certain amount of money, sit down with your contractor. Say, hey, look, and be transparent. Say, hey, look, uh, I have this property. It's located here. Do you mind going with me and let me know what you see? Because more than likely, like me, we flip them so much. You know, I can walk in and say, hey, man, um, you may want to get a foundation test done. Or, hey, you may want to get a geo report done. You got water pulling up on your house, so you probably need to relook at your grading plan outside. Like, I can probably tell you why that house is vacant and not on the market, or why is it run down and nobody wants to touch it. Mm-hmm. Not saying that it's a bad buy. It just may be something simple as, hey, we need to just do X, Y, and Z, and this property be a good sale. Mm-hmm. And I like how you just say that it's not a bad buy because I know for investors, that's what you want to target. You want to target things that have problems that the average person doesn't want to deal with. Right. So when do you know when something is totally problematic? Oh, I shouldn't touch this versus this is just a challenge that we got to overcome. Uh, it really just depends on your risk versus reward and your return on investment. So I think to me, I let the facts talk. So it's not about like, say for instance, take a burnout. Nobody likes to touch burnouts. That's based for y'all that don't know. Burnout is a house that's pretty much been caught on fire. Okay. Burnouts are not necessarily a bad buy. You know what I mean? It's really about, hey, okay, let's look at this structure, right? Granted, you're going to disclose that it was a burnout, but if you show where you corrected all of the burnout issues and put some preventative measures in place, so take all of that cost plus your renovation, plus your neighborhood comps or what they sell for, 
you know, how long does the house stay on market? What's the average days? Is it 80 days? Is it 90 days? Is it 120 days? So really you want to get your bottom line ROI. And if that bottom line ROI looks like it's worth your time, that's not a bad buy. Mm. If you got to put in 200K just to get, you know, $5,000 in return, that's probably a bad buy. <laughs> yeah, more headache than it's worth. Yeah, it's more headache than it's worth. So for me, like, I don't just, and I think that's what made me successful at this point is that I don't follow the norm. Like, I deal in facts. I deal with facts and I let the numbers tell me if this is a bad deal or not. Now, have I, now, let me be real with y'all. Have I taken some bad deals? Yes. <laughs> I said, like, let me put that disclaimer out there first. Like, I ain't, I ain't up here saying that I ain't never had no bad deal of a project. But that's how you learn to understand, you know what, this was a bad deal versus this was a good deal. You gotta, you gotta learn by trial and error. A lot of people, they just want to read and watch YouTube videos, but you'll never get that experience unless you actually go try Uh, and fuck up. Yeah, for sure, man. You know, I get people that stop and ask me about entrepreneurship all the time. And you know, what I try to tell them is, ain't no shortcuts in this shit. Like Mm. there's no, there's no elevator. You got to take the stairs. Mm. I like that. I like that analogy. It's gritty. It's not even in construction. It is whatever it is that you want to be. You've got to go to them. You got to go to that mindset with a savage. You got to be a dog in this thing, man. Like you got to understand that there's processes right now. My process don't allow me to show up at work with some Chelsea boots on and a button down shirt. (laughs) <laughs> nah, you gotta I'm have that hard yet. hat. <laughs> still I'm just letting y'all know I'm still in my hard hat and uh and tool belt, <laughs> but I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I've set my goal for the first you know three to five years that I'm gonna be hands on. I'm gonna be dual hatted. Mm. And, and I'm okay with that grind right now. And I like that though because you know where you're at and where you're headed. Yeah. And I kind of want to pivot to what you kind of referred to earlier. Also, your book, my brother. Oh, Uh, yeah. I kind of want to get into your book and some of the things that we were talking about Uh, off camera with like that personal development. So I would like to talk on the personal development first, how you were mentioning like your personal development process and how that really just played a role to you. Yeah. And then we can get into the book. Okay, yeah. So one of the things that uh, really has helped me grow, not only just as a business owner, but I would say really just a man, Mm. is that uh, I started this routine to help me grow uh, physically, spiritually, and mentally. So like those are the three things that will also impact your journey as an entrepreneur and as a business owner. Physically, you know, like I said, I've, I've really started taking control back over my health. Shout out to Bravo Fit. Hey, that joke crazy, man. But he gave me right, though. He gave me right, though. Shout out to Bravo. Yeah, so definitely, um, you know, have a morning routine. So I realized, be real with yourself. Entrepreneurs, pe- people in general, just be real with yourself. For me, what's up, podcast land? It's your boy C. Diddy, one half of the realest podcast ever. Are you tired of the same boring, unoriginal podcast that lack depth, originality, and substance? Well, I got a solution for you. Join us here every Monday and Thursday on Revolt Podcast Network for the realest podcast ever, where we bring you the best in entertainment news, fashion, sports, music reviews, politics, and street culture with a mixture of the most powerful guests that you're going to find anywhere on the Internet. Join us every Monday and Thursday for the realest podcast ever. My first step was I always told myself I didn't have time. That's a lie. Mm. You have time. It's just going to be at some uncomfortable times, but you have time. I looked at, okay, what's realistic? 
I'm gonna go at 7 p.m. No, you're not. You're lying to yourself. You know you ain't going at 7 p.m. The way that my schedule works, you're tired then. You're you tired wore out. Then. You wore out. So I'm not going at 7 p.m. But when I looked at my schedule, what's typically when I'm out the door going to work? Like when am I on the first project? Eight o'clock. Okay, start from the time you go to work. Work your way backwards. What time? What time do you normally get up? What time you have to be at the door? Seven o'clock. Okay, you need to work out before seven o'clock. Mm. It's that sacrifice. Mm. So every day, six a.m. You know, I'm where Bravo fit at, and we getting this fitness thing in. You know what I mean? I mean, it's a journey. It's part of the grind. And the reason why I say I have him is because you also got to be real with yourself. Are you strong enough to do it on your own, Jimmy? I was not. (laughs) I would be tempted to literally, and I'm just being real with y'all, like, because I want to see the best for everybody. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I ain't strong enough to wake up on my own and just create my own workout plan. And uh, I'm going to hit the snooze button and I'm just going to get up and go to work. But having that sense of accountability, and that's the thing, don't be afraid of accountability. Mm. That's what you, be real with yourself. That's what you need. (laughs) That's what you need. You need fitness accountability. (laughs) And I like how you said that, though, like just being real and knowing where you're not strong at. Where you're not strong at. Be real with yourself. And you just got to supplement and add into where you're not strong at. Yeah. And then for the mental, I've definitely been on uh, my mental fitness as well with like self-development. I've started to make sure that I try to at least read a book a month. You know, my book this month is called The Rational Male. Uh, definitely go check it out. I won't spoil it for you. It's a really good book, especially for young black men. I mean, it, it'll definitely help you out with like rational thinking about just everything from relationships to spiritual to like just day-to-day life. I mean, it's a really good book. So that's part of my self-development. And if you're not strong in that category, I'm going to embarrass myself and tell y'all, I read all day long, but I don't like to read for myself. So this was almost new to me. And I just be real with myself. Hey, look, man, you know, a chapter is about 12 pages. Can you really read that every night? I could, but I don't want to. Mm-hmm. So start where it's not painful for you. So it gets comfortable, you know, read two, three pages. You know, if the book get good, read four, five pages a night. But in order for you to get into routine and habits, you have to start. And then spiritually, you know, I ain't no preacher or nothing like that. But that was another part that is really successful for me is that if you don't have God in your plans and in your business, it won't work. Message. <laughs> I paused on that one because uh, a lot of people don't like to talk about that piece. Nah, but that if he ain't a part of it, it won't work. All them cold nights in that RV. Boy, I was on my hands and knees praying with a hot cold cup of ramen noodles, boy. <laughs> hey, hey, look, you had to put the ramen noodles in the microwave, boy. Man, boy, I, boy, that I, shit hot. They, they hit different than they had to put me, that thing in the, uh, on the stove top. Let me tell you no how bad I had. Bad I, I had, had that propane. I had to put that thing in that microwave because it was electric. Bro, <laughs> I remember I had got to a point. I was using the coffee pot, bro. I'm letting know just the warm water oh, drop, the warm water. drop into the noodles, my brother. Like, for real. Hey, that's but, a different type of hot now, But, boy. like, that... That's what it had too. Yeah, yeah. You, you know you broke when you got to drink the noodle juice, bro. Yeah. As yeah. part of the meal. Yeah. yeah. And that's whenever you feel full after man, that. What? That juice hey, uh, hey, top hey, it you off. You know what I'm talking about, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, y'all disregard us. Hey, let's just let this brother know, man. He know what the struggle was like, man. You know. Uh, but for real. Eating that warm ramen noodle soup, boy. That, mm-hmm. Hey, that was a good time, man. But stuff like that definitely keeps me humble, though, man. And, um. Yeah. So even if you're not a very big spiritual person, I mean, I'll tell you one of the things that I did to help me. I mean, like I said, just trying to keep it a G with all y'all, man, is that I just started with the chapter that was like very interesting and just like a roller coaster. So I started in Proverbs. 
I mean, try to get you two chapters a day and read one in the morning, read one in the evening. They very quick. You ain't got to crack open the old school big book Bible. You just go download the Bible app, man. Look at your phone and, and use it from there. And honestly, it just puts you in a different space, man. When you really, if you can take control of your spiritual, your mental, and your physical, I mean, you're in the winning column right there. You become limitless yeah. because now you're more in tune with yourself and you're actually yeah. tapped into the higher power. And a lot of times, I know this is something that uh, in the book they call, in Thinking Go Rich, they call it like infinite intelligence. Yeah. I think infinite intelligence is really just being tapped into God because who's all knowing? That's it, man. I mean, you just said a whole mouthful right there. Boy, you should have tapped the message thing on that thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, man. Um, and that's really what it comes down to, man. And uh, I'm guilty, y'all. I'm just going to, like I said, I'm going to keep it a G with y'all the whole time we on this thing, man. I used to say I ain't have time for none of this stuff. Mm. But you had to learn how to make that time. No, it had to become important. You make time for what you deem is important. So it wasn't important for me to work out until I realized, I looked in the mirror one day, was like, yeah, this ain't what's up, dog. No, actually, let me take it a step further. I had one of my closest homeboys and mentor it's like, hey, bro, now this, you need to do something about this, dog. Every time I see you, bro, you getting bigger. Hey, and it I, also takes. It didn't hurt my feelings. I was like, damn, he right. But it takes that. And I was just talking about this right. with my homies. Yeah. Like us as males, yeah. sometimes the way we keep it real, we'll kind of crack on each other and be like, hey, man, oh, man, you kind of getting big. Oh, why are you dressed like that or something like that? Yeah. But sometimes we don't really take it as. This is their way of telling me, hey, go fix this. Sometimes we just, we get offended instead of actually taking that step back and saying, you know what? Maybe they're right. Yeah, I like, man, look, when my boy told me, I was like, ain't really hit me until I was like, dang, man. Honestly, I had to go somewhere. It was like to a little networking event. And embarrassing, I can fit it now, y'all. Don't worry about it. I've been, I've been dropping these pounds, if you can't tell. Yeah, man, I had to put on like this little jacket Hey, yeah, that jacket wasn't my jacket. That jacket was like, no, nah, not today, dog. <laughs> hey, that jacket was like, yeah, you ain't wearing me out today. <laughs> out, look, look, uh, no, not, not right today, now. not today, big dog. That's you, you ain't wearing this joint today. And I was like, all right, yeah, I gotta do something about this. And so I remember, and uh, if Robert watching it, he'll probably tell you, but like, I normally text him, I actually picked up the phone and called him this time. And I was like, bro, we gotta do something about this, man. He said, for real? He said, all right, let's do it. And man, like I said, man, he's been working with me, man. I would say we at about six weeks in now, six weeks in. So I'm about 14, 15 pounds down now. Hey. Give or take, man. So, uh, but like I said, it's it just, it has to be important to you. Not to everybody else, but to you. Like you got to want to do a lot of it for yourself with, the, with, you know, all those three phases, hmm. whatever the case may be. So that's important, my brother. Yeah, yeah, it is. And I know I said we was going to tap into the book. But gotcha. we do. We got another. We got another one after this. Okay. So okay. we we'll bring you back on, on my brother. You you just <laughs> he's just right around the hallway. Yeah. So this is gonna be yeah. yeah we we're gonna tap back in and actually get it in once the book is ready to drop because I yeah. know you're not dropping yet. But I can't I, find a stopping point, man. <laughs> I, I can't, man. I before we get, I would say the last chapter is just it's probably the most lit. When I probably put that chapter first, man. And, and, and I want to talk about that. Yeah. So. We definitely got to bring you back with that book because that chapter that you told me about, like, that just sounds like something that not enough people are talking about. Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, I can give you a small gem, that last chapter of the book, and I'm going to end it off this one for real. 
called Ain't Good Enough, man. It just talks about being a black man in America just ain't good enough. It comes down to relationships, business, just day-to-day life or how hard it is. Like, it's almost, I mean, y'all know how it is, man. It's almost like we're never good enough. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it, and it's some upstanding black, I call high-value black men, and the world says we still ain't good enough. It's like we got to be Superman mm-hmm. just to get an average position. Just to get an average position. I may change the book title now. <laughs> oh, I love man. it. I love it. Yeah, but yeah. we'll pivot to the last section, my brother. Let's go. And that is the section of what's on your timeline. Anything that you saw on social media that you want to speak about could be funny, sad, happy. I know we got a lot of controversy going on in the country right now. So anything that you want to speak on? No, not really, man. I've been really careful, really, just what I put in my brain. So, of course, I've been looking at all the the nonsense on social media, you know, with these, uh, quote, unquote, American storming the Capitol. But I'm we know where they terrorists. are. You know where we are. You know, they, I call them you know a terrorist. Some, you know, there's some terrorists. You know, they have been black people. We would have been thugs. And, nah, we would have been dead. Drone strike. All types of stuff, man. But uh, I would say, man, one of the things that struck me, man, is something that I've been talking about for years, not necessarily on a platform like yours, but since I have it. I mean, just black people, at some point, we have to continue to pull together and realize that we're so much stronger um, working together than we are working in silos. I mean, black people got to be the most talented. We got to be the most gifted, talented people in the world. Mm. The most gifted, talented people in the world. I'm just going to say that one more time. The most gifted, talented people in the world. And if we can learn to do more collaborations I mean, it would be such a better place. You got to think about how many organizations that we have that have the same values and principles out there. And I'm not knocking it. Y'all keep y'all organization. I'm not telling y'all to shut them down. But what I am saying is that if we could just become more supportive of each other to accomplish that one goal, Mm -hmm. as opposed to being the organization that wants to be the organization. Yeah, instead of everybody coming, like you're saying, coming together and Megatron in this thing instead of, we got this one working here, this one. Hey, and then yeah. they start feeling jaded towards each other. But yeah. you, whenever you really look up, we're trying to solve the same thing. It's the same it's problem. The same thing, the same problems, but you got 30 organizations that are going nowhere because all 30 of y'all are trying to say we are the premier organization. Now, again, there's no shade. I'm just simply stating for clarity that it would be nice if we collaborate all of those into one to accomplish one common goal. Mm. Hey, man, that's a gem to end on, man. My brother Jimmy Body's out here just dropping flames. This is not the last time y'all going to see my brother, um, but I just want to say, Jimmy, thank you for coming on the show. And I just want you to plug yourself in for anybody out there, if they would like to work with you, if they might have a project that they feel like you could add value on, how can they find you? How can they work with Alpha Construction? Or even if they want the tiny homes, once that time comes, how can they get with you, my brother? Okay, cool. I definitely have a website at www.alphachoiceconstruction.com. I respond faster to a lot of DM posts. The IG name for the company is A underscore choice underscore construction. You should be able to pop up there and kind of see some of the uh, the work that we've done. I should definitely post more. I probably got about 10 projects I ain't even put on there. I'm going to put them on there, though. And also, you can follow me at Jimmy underscore Bills underscore DFW. So Jimmy Bills DFW. You can also follow me and DM me on there as well. Hey, my brother, I appreciate it. Y'all thank definitely you, tap you. in. Yeah. 
Yeah, and uh, before we get up out of here, we'll get into some house cleaning at the end. First off, we want to say thank you to everyone tapping in, listening to this episode. If you're a new listener, we want to say welcome to the family. We hope that you stick around. If you're an old listener, appreciate you for being a part of the family. We're going to have us a family reunion real soon where we're doing something really, really, really nice for y'all. So y'all be on the lookout for that. Also, leave a comment, rate, review. I just can't stress that enough. Let us know what we're doing for you and let us know if we could step things up for you. Also, y'all tap into our book, Manage Your Money Like the 1%. Get our course, Credit Fundamentals. Just for being a loyal podcast listener, you get a 30% off on both of those products. The link will be in the show notes. Just scroll up on whatever type of device you're on. Just scroll up, go to those show notes in the description. And I also want to say y'all be on the lookout for the podcaster's playbook that actually will be released by the time this comes out. So y'all tap into that too. If y'all would like to learn how to launch your own successful podcast, we are giving away the gems and the secrets and the sauce that we use to create this platform that has been able to reach over a million downloads now. So we definitely just want to say thank you guys for being a part of that. Kelly, what you got, my brother? I just want to thank everybody that's listening. Keep rocking with us. Again, like you said, rate, comment, review. Let us know what we can do. Let us know what guests you want on here. Let us know anything. And if you want to just reach to us, just DM us or send us a message. And I appreciate everybody. Yeah. All y'all can email us too. Our email for this is now podcast at blackauthrenaissance.com. So if y'all have anything that y'all don't want to leave in the ratings, or if you have already left the rating or something, you just want to say, hey, thank you or whatever. Y'all definitely email us too. We definitely look at all of that stuff. Got anything, my brother? I just want to say, man, I am honored and I appreciate you brothers uh, seeing value in me or bringing me on the show, man. I definitely don't take it lightly, man. I really do appreciate it, man. Hey, man, I appreciate, appreciate you for you. everything that you're doing, my brother. Oh, lastly, shameless plug. If you can't reach me on any of those platforms, you're welcome to send me a... Uh, a text to my business line, which is a 469-544-5265. So you can hit me up on that line as well if you have any tiny home inquiries. Hey, hey, my brother, Mike, Mike Jones out here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's the number? 281 I literally just said that on the last podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, oh, man, we just want to say thank you, guys. Y'all already know how it is. Y'all tap into the next episode. We love y'all. And until next time, this is Blackwell Renaissance signing out. Peace. I got money on my mind. I'm just trying to get some dough. I ain't picking up my lot unless it's money on the phone. Gotta get it on the daily. All I want is dubs. You know what I'm on. I've been chasing after paper. All I know is run money marathon. of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. 
Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois.